Amen. Why don't you clap your hands to Jesus one more time? Hallelujah. Is he all that you need? Hallelujah. Is he everything to you? Oh, we love you, Jesus. Oh, you're my healer. Hallelujah. You're my portion, my deliverer, my strong tower. Oh, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Amen. He's my alpha. He is my omega. Amen. That means he's my A through Z. Whatever you need before this service is over today, you can leave with whatever you need from the Lord. Amen. The only, the only thing stopping you is your level of humility and willingness to say, God, I need you. Amen. It's always a privilege to be here if you have your Bibles. Colossians chapter number 2, verses 16. I want to say thank you to your pastor for the invitation, for the hospitality. It's always above and beyond, and um, I'm very thankful for that. Amen. Also good to see some of the ministering brethren. Brother Diaz, always good to see him. Amen. And some of the young men. Good music, good worship, good atmosphere. Amen. It feels good. Praise God. And thank God for AC. Praise God. Amen. Amen. My wife and my daughter would be here with me today, but my one-year-old daughter, she's been having a little bit of a tough time with um, allergies and things, and so um, they're at home, but I love them very much. If you have your Bibles, once again, Colossians 2, verses 16, if you haven't, say amen. amen. It says, let no man therefore judge you in meat or in drink or in respect of an holiday or of the new moon, or of the Sabbath days, which are a, and everybody say shadow, which are a shadow of things to come, but the body is of Christ. Let no man beguile you of your reward in a voluntary humility and worshiping of angels, intruding into those things which he hath not seen, vainly puffed up by his fleshly mind, and not holding the head from which all the body, by joints and bands, having nourishment, ministered and knit together, increaseth with the increase of God. I want to preach to you from this thought for the next several minutes. Coming out of the shadows. Coming out of the shadows. Let's put our Bibles down. Let's ask the Lord to help us today. Amen. In the name of Jesus, we come to you this morning, this afternoon, God. I pray that you would touch my mind, that you would touch the ears of the hearers. I pray that, God, I would speak as an oracle. Your word says, if any man speak, let him speak as an oracle of God. And I pray that the ears of the congregation would be ready to receive with meekness the engrafted word in the name of Jesus. If you're going to have good church, why don't, why don't you clap your hands one more time and thank him. We love you, Lord. God bless you. You can be seated. Shadows are the, the dark spots and the dark areas that are produced by an object or a body coming in between a source of light and a surface. Shadows give depth to our world. It allows us to see in 3D. I mean, so we can change lanes, praise God. 
and not hit somebody. Shadows communicate things about the nature of the light, the source of the light. It communicates things about the size and the shape of the object that is casting the shadow. Shadows allow us to measure distance, and uh, if you didn't have a watch, you could, with enough ingenuity, you can even measure time with shadows. Shadows help us to navigate in general and to navigate in our everyday lives. And shadows, even if you pay close enough attention, they tell stories. But shadows can also be misleading. Shadows can be outright deceptive. The image that shadows cast are usually the reverse of the object that produced them. Sometimes they tell a similar story and sometimes they tell a different story. Shadows can be distorted if they are cast on an uneven surface. Shadows can grossly exaggerate the size of the object that is casting the shadow. After all, they are merely shadows. They are not the objects themselves. There was a famous storyteller in the ancient world by the name of Aesop, known for his fables, and he immortalized the story of a wolf who fell in love with his shadow as it grew long in the evening sun. As the shadow grew, his ego began to grow in direct proportion to the size of his shadow, and the oversized shadow began to warp his perception of himself to the point where he thought he could take on a lion. And uh, this wolf attempts to take on a lion, and he finds out he finds out the hard way that shadows are not reality. And the wolf and his shadow serve to remind us that we should never fall in love with shadows to the point that we ignore the reality of the world around us. And then the Bible tells us uh, in the text that I've read and you're hearing today that there are even some things in our Bible, amen, that are shadows, if you would. They are important, pertinent. They tell stories. But Paul but later on says in this very same passage that I have read, but the body is of Christ. And I want to preach to you a simple message today. I don't ever want to be so distracted with the shadows that I lose track of the body, which is of Christ. Amen. In our text, the Apostle Paul lets us know that the Old Testament itself is full of shadows. In this context, shadows are referred to in the literary sense. The conceptual representation of people, things, and events before they materialize. In plain English, biblical shadows are symbolic hints that point us to the person and the ministry of Jesus Christ. Luke 24 and 27, Jesus said, it says, And beginning at Moses and all of the prophets, that's your Old Testament, he expounded unto them all the scriptures concerning himself. Amen. There were things that are layered and, 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 and they're, they're sometimes they're opaque and, and sometimes you have to read between the lines. But, but the shadows and if you really read and focus, uh, you can see hints, uh, amen, of Christ's ministry coming down the road. Amen. In the Bible, anyone or anything can be a shadow. Many of the characters in the Old Testament while they are unique in their own right, amen, they foreshadow specific elements and, um, and, and aspects of the earthly ministry of Christ. The, most, um, the, the, the first and most prominent type or shadow of Christ is Adam. Adam is the first man. Amen, the Bible begins with Adam. 
and it ends with Jesus. But interestingly enough, amen, Adam and Jesus are very similar. That is because Adam is a shadow of Christ. And just as shadows are often the perfect reverse of their points of origin, Jesus is Adam, but in reverse. That's because Adam was the one man by which sin entered the world, and Jesus is the one man by whom sin exited the world. All right? Romans 5.19 says, For as by one man's disobedience many were made sinners, so by the obedience of one shall many be made righteous. Amen. I like Adam, but I love Jesus. Amen. Give me the body over the shadow any day of the week. Give me Jesus. Amen. The life of Christ. The life of Christ is also seen in, in Adam's son's life, Abel. Righteous, innocent, slain by his brother. We see Christ foreshadowed in the story of Noah, the preacher of righteousness. Later, the apostle Peter would say the ark, amen, that Noah built. He says that eight souls were saved by water. This is a foreshadowing of the ministry, the gospel, the baptism in the name of Jesus. Moses, the deliverer. A man of his people foreshadows the mission of Christ. Uh, the scripture says his name shall be called Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. Amen. One of the most profound shadows of Jesus Christ is found in the person of Joseph. Both of them loved by their father, sent out to their brethren in the field, betrayed by their brethren, Stripped of their garments, sold for silver, reduced to the role of a servant, tempted but resisted sin, falsely accused, sent to prison, numbered among the transgressors. Both were exalted. Joseph was given a new name, but Jesus was given a name above every name. And when Joseph's brothers came to Egypt, it says they did not recognize him. Likewise, John, amen, and his gospel said in the ninth verse of the 14th chapter that Jesus came into his own, but his own received him not. But just, amen, as Joseph was a shadow of Jesus, amen, the reverse, Joseph was a man who became a king. Jesus was the king of kings who became a man. Not only were there people who foreshadowed the ministry and the person of Christ, but there were objects that, that foreshadowed the person and ministry of Christ. In Genesis, there was the skin of a lamb that the Lord took to clothe Adam and Eve after they had sinned. A symbolic representation, amen, of the crucifixion and the blood that would be necessary, amen, to wash away our sins. In Exodus, amen, it says that there was a rock from which water flowed, and later on, one of the New Testament writers said, and that rock was Christ, a shadow. In Numbers, uh, there was a brazen serpent that God commanded Moses to make uh, and lift up uh, for all the people to see, and as they looked upon this brazen statue, amen, they would be healed of their diseases. Uh, and Jesus came later on, and he said, just as the serpent was lifted up in the wilderness, uh, amen, those uh, who look unto me as I be lifted up, uh, you too will be saved. Uh, amen, all of these are shadows. Uh, amen, we can be distracted with the periphery and the things on the edges. Uh, amen, the things that are on the sidelines and been pointing us but the ultimate destination is at the foot of the cross 
from Adam to Abel to Noah to the ark, Joseph, Moses, the rock, the serpent, amen, the statue, all of these things, amen, they are for our admonition, amen, but they do not deserve our adoration, amen, all of these things are here to point us, amen, to the ultimate destination, and that is a relationship with Jesus Christ, amen, that is the body, the substance by which all of the shadows are cast, and I'm here to preach to you today, it's time to come out of the shadows, and enter into the light of the glory of Jesus Christ. Amen. Paul begins to list several things, amen, as shadows in the scripture that I've read today. Amen. One of the things that he considers a shadow, amen, was the kosher diet. Paul refers to the diet as a shadow. He said, let no man judge you therefore in meat or in drink. The Old Testament required that a strict diet be kept by all Jews later after Christ had fulfilled many of the ritual and dietary portions of the law. Many New Testament believers continued to adhere to the shadows. Furthermore, they began to judge others who did not live the same lifestyle, eat the same way, talk the same talk, walk the same walk. We live in a time where people will worship trivial aspects of their lifestyle, how they eat, where they shop, the car they drive. People make and draw conclusions about the morals and the ethics of others based on what they order at the restaurant. Praise God. Amen. We live in a time, amen, particularly amongst the younger generation, millennials, if you uh, care to use that term, amen, where they are trying to uh, somehow find righteousness, amen, by engaging, amen, with, with, with the world in the right way, by eating a certain way, amen, by shopping a certain way, and they're trying to somehow, amen, exalt their lifestyle, amen, to a place where they feel like they're morally superior and worthy. Can I just talk where we're living at right now? Amen. does not matter how clean you eat, shop, drive. It doesn't matter. Amen. If your car is electric hybrid, amen, you can eat clean but still be a sinner. While our diets may be of earthly concern to be addressed at our own discretion, it is of no heavenly concern. God is more concerned with whether you live right than how you eat. Amen. You can eat free-range chicken and still be bound in sin. Hallelujah. Amen. Let's stop judging people off of trivial things that don't matter. And before we cast stones at somebody else, amen, for how they dress, eat, talk, live, let's look in the mirror and get out of the shadows. Amen. The next thing Paul wanted to address as simply shadows. He says, let no man judge you and of course, meat and drink. And then he says, or in respect to a holy day. We say that word, we spell it with an I in, in English. Holy day, holiday. Or of the new moon or of the Sabbath days. Amen. Uh, years ago when I was pastoring, we had a gentleman come to our church and he came for quite some time, and eventually he let me know he couldn't attend anymore because we served meat at our ap banquet after church. Praise God. Amen. All right. Amen. And furthermore, he said, you guys have church on Sunday. 
I said, yeah, we, yes, we do. Amen. I said, well, church is supposed to be on Saturday. I said, well, if you come, we won't be here. Praise God. <laughs> Amen. But you know what? There are people who live in darkness. And then there are people who live in the shadows. They live in that gray area in between. They want to be right. They want to live right. They want to go to heaven. And they're not out there raised in hell at the bar or the club, shooting up, shooting others. And then they're living not in darkness, but in the gray area. Amen. And so Paul says these are just shadows of things to come. The Sabbath was instituted the Bible tells us in the book of Genesis, after six days, God did all his, his creative work. On the seventh day, he rested. When God gave Moses the Ten Commandments, he says, honor the Sabbath. It was a rest. It was a stop. It was a pause. It was a timed, amen, pause. They didn't have watches, clocks, or calendars. And so this was the way they were able to bring beauty and harmony and peace to their lives. But the Bible tells us that we have the Holy Ghost which is the rest with which he shall cause the weary to rest. You can get the Holy Ghost on a Sunday, on a Monday, on a Tuesday, on a Saturday. And it's nice to have days off, and you should have day, days off so you don't drive yourself crazy. Amen. But when it comes to, amen, hallelujah, the things that really matter, amen, uh, it doesn't matter what day you worship on. It, I like what John the Revelator said in the book of Revelation. Amen. He says, I was in the Spirit on the Lord's day. He didn't say, I got in the Spirit because it was the Lord's day. He said, I was in the Spirit on the Lord's day. Amen. You can get in the Holy Ghost whenever, however, in the car, in the bedroom, in the break room at work. You don't have to wait for Sunday. You can talk in tongues. You don't have to talk in tongues here. You can talk in tongues at home. But some people live in the shadows. And they have to wait till Sunday to feel good. And they have to wait till Sunday, amen, to feel like they're saved. Amen. But the rest of the week, it's darkness. It's time to come out of the shadows. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Which are a shadow of things to come. But the body is of Christ. John 14, Jesus said, I will send the comforter. He said, the Father will send the comforter in my name. Amen. When you receive the Holy Ghost, you receive the substance. Amen. You receive Christ in us. The hope of glory. Amen. Some people are CEOs. Praise God. Amen. Christmas, Easter only. Praise God. Amen. Those are the only holidays they respect. But when you're truly living, amen, in the joy of the Holy Ghost, every day is a new day. His mercies are new with the rising of the sun. Every day. Is... Amen. Amen. The other area. He says, let, let no man beguile you. Of your reward in a voluntary humility and the worshiping of angels. 
Now, I'm afraid I might have to step on some toes. But if you get stepped on, it's because you were standing there. Praise God. Now, listen, listen, hold on. Not all of us come from an apostolic background. We weren't raised this way. Some of us, our families were good families. You know, the odd skeleton in the closet here and there. Praise God. We all got them. But some of us come from religious families. They weren't necessarily in the darkness, but they weren't in the full revelation of the light. And the truth is, if you're, whether you're in the shadows or you're in the darkness, it's the same place. That's the truth. Amen. And some of us grew, grew up knowing more about angels than we did about Jesus. And then some of us, our folks prayed to saints more than they prayed to Jesus. Amen. And there was a particular group of people who had propagated the worship of angels. Paul continues to say that they were intruding into those things which they had not seen. Amen. You know, the thing about when you're living in the shadows is you tend to default toward the darkness. Amen. If you haven't noticed, amen, I am African. Praise God. Amen. My parents are from Ethiopia. And, you know, <clears throat> you know, here in America, they have things like horror movies. You're not going to find that stuff in parts of Africa. Because just, people just don't mess around like that. That stuff's real out there. That's Hollywood out here. Man. And my family was Orthodox. That's very, very typical for, for, for Ethiopian culture. Man. But you know, when you're in the shadows, you default toward the darkness. I mean, my grandmother couldn't even have children until she went to the witch doctor. And when you're living in the shadows... And then you tend to default and lean toward the darkness. And when things get bad, you go further into the darkness. And man, and there are some people who think they can live with one foot in the church and the other foot on the outside. But when tough times come, you won't run to Jesus. Amen. You'll run to the darkness. Can I just be honest? Amen. I know some of us, we, we love our parents and we love our family and our ancestors. Uh, amen. We have good family traditions. Uh, amen. But there was, but, but, but some of us, uh, through all of the happy times, uh, there were moments where people began to slip into severe darkness. But nobody want to talk about it. And nobody want to talk about what, what happened to Uncle So-and-So or Aunt So-and-So. Amen, because everything was seemingly on the outside okay. But when people were in a tough spot, amen, they slipped further into the darkness. Amen, the Bible tells us, amen, about a, about a king by the name of Saul. The Bible tells us that Saul, amen, initially he was chosen by God. But before it was over, amen, the Bible says that the kingdom was stripped away. Amen, because he had, he had ultimately betrayed the calling of God on his life. And he got to a place after the prophet Samuel had died. He wanted so badly to hear from Samuel. You know what he did? He didn't go to the temple. He went to the graveyard, found him a witch, dug the body up, and tried to exhume and call up the spirit of Saul. This is a man who was the king of God's people. 
And the thing about when you live in the shadows is when you fall on hard times, you'll slip back into the bottle. Amen. Amen. And I, can I just get real for a moment? Amen. That's why we need to say goodbye to the saints and to the statues and to the candles. Because when the tough time comes, and then you'll slip back into the old ways. And then, but let me tell you, and then, give me Jesus. Give me Jesus. When my heart is overwhelmed, lead me to the rock that is higher than I. Amen. Because tough times will come. And if you have one foot in the shadows and one foot, amen. Amen. God help us. Amen. Oh, I want to be in the light. As the writer said, as he is in the light. James said in, in, in the book of James, uh, he says, in him, I mean, there, are no, there is no variableness, uh, neither is there any shadow of turning. Uh, and then when you get Jesus, uh, you get the pure, unadulterated light uh, of the word of God. Psalms 119 says, the entrance of thy word gives light. What is the solution to those who sit in darkness, to those who are in the darkness? He said, thy word is a and a it's a light and it's a lamp. And if you stumble, and if you stumble, and if you fall, it's because you live in the shadows. And I know, I mean, Grandma was a good woman, but I'm telling you, I mean, God is calling you, amen, to the light. And traditions may have been good, and they may have helped you a little bit, but God is calling you out of traditions, amen, because traditions can become shadows that we fall in love with to the point that we ignore the body of Christ. Clap your hands one more time. Love the Lord. I'm almost done, but I got one more. Amen. Can you bear with me? Can you preach with me? Amen. He said that they intrude into things that they have not seen. Amen. I think one of the final, amen, most destructive areas of our modern times uh, is people who are distracted with discussing and conversing things uh, that they have never experienced. Amen. We talk about news events uh, that we have only heard of uh, through the medium of our phones. We talk about conspiracies that we've only watched on YouTube. Can I just talk for a second? Amen. We talk about things and we discuss things and we intrude into things that we have never seen. Now, I don't know if it's you or if it's a coworker, but everybody knows somebody or a family member that if you let them, they will talk all day about something crazy that they've never seen, touched, experienced listen if the earth even if it was flat what difference would it make it's not changing where you're going I tell you what is flat from the back of that road to the front of this altar Let's stop being distracted with things that are of no eternal significance. 
we already know how the story ends. Amen. Some people are more evangelistic. And listen, listen, I'm preaching to me as much as I'm preaching to somebody else. I, there's, there's few things I enjoy more than a cup of coffee and conspiracies with a good friend. But at some point, you got to draw the line. Because your mental health can't even afford one more cons- Your unstable emotions can't afford one more YouTube rabbit hole. You need to get in the prayer room. Hey, can I preach to young people? Don't waste your life away with useless Snapple facts. Get in the book of Acts. Hey. I know boredom kills. Idol's mind is a devil's workshop. Amen. But it's time to come out of the shadows and fall in love with Jesus again. At a Bible study not too long ago with a man, young man, very talented. You know, he was just a rapper who didn't make it. He was good, though. And I'm not sure if you've ever met a rapper, big time or small time. I haven't met no big time rappers. But, you know, that gets you thinking about stuff. Amen. And you know what he told me? He said, I am tired of conspiracies. You know, you know what's really driving people crazy nowadays? Conspiracies. Things they worry about, but that will never happen. That will never materialize. They're narrative, figments of our imaginations, and then products, and then of evil men's minds to keep people captive. And if you can be anxious, you'll never receive what God has for you. If you can be nervous and fretting and fearful about what who said, they said, she said. I, I like what it says. I like what it says to Abraham. God says to Abraham, he says, in blessing, I will bless you. He said, I will bless those, plural, those. I will bless those that bless you. Now, we like that part. But it's the next part we never rewrite. Because we're paranoid. Hey, let me tell you something right now. Stop being paranoid. I rebuke that in Jesus' name. The angels of the Lord encamp around them that fear him. A thousand shall fall at thy... And a ten, ten thousand shall fall at the... And it shall not come nigh thy dwelling. I rebuke the spirit of paranoia. God's hand is on you. You will not die in a car crash. You will not lose your job. God's got his hand on you. And if you do, you'll get a better one. I rebuke fear in Jesus' name. I don't know who I'm talking to right now, but it's time to stop worrying and fretting and be anxious and nervous and an emotional train wreck. For thou, O Lord, art a shield for me, my glory, and the lifter up of my head. I will not be afraid. Come on, 
on, somebody. Come out of the shadows. It's nothing but frustration and nerves and anxiety and paranoia. And so we get paranoid. And even when you're in church and God is telling you he's going to bless you and give you the Holy Ghost and that you will speak in tongues and that your sins will be remitted, you're still worried about what Satan is saying. Satan means the accuser of the brethren. And so we read that the next part wrong. We, we read it. We mirror it. We say, I will bless those that bless you and curse those. That, that's, that's not what it says. Now go back when you get home and you read it. It says, and I will curse him that curses thee. It's simple. There is no they. It's just one. Let me, let me say that one more time. Your paranoia, your fears, your frustration, the gossip that you feel tingling on your back. There is no they. I think it's still settling in. I mean, what you think is out there against you as an innumerable host, I mean, of the enemy, of the enemy's lies. I mean, it's simply one little old weak, dumb devil. And God says, those that bless you be more than him who curse you. My blessings outnumber my detractors. My blessers outnumber your detractors. Stand to your feet all over this place. Lift your hands to heaven and begin to let some things go right now. Musicians, if you would help me out, we're going to pray some things out this afternoon. We're going to pray until we come out of the shadows, until we come out of the bondage. We're going to pray and lift our hands until the tears begin to flow, until we begin to feel vulnerable again in the presence of Almighty God. And then it says this. It says we have not an high priest which cannot be touched by the feeling of our infirmities. Amen. He says, we do not have a high priest which cannot be. That's a negative and a negative. A negative times a negative is a positive. Amen. I learned something in math. Amen. That means we do have a high priest who can be touched by the feeling of our infirmities. Let us therefore, the reason why that's important to know is he says, let us therefore come humbly but boldly into the... What are you afraid of? God's not perfect to intimidate you. He's perfect so there are no obstacles for you to get to him. God is not perfect, amen, to make you wallow in your imperfection. But God is perfect, amen, so there would be no obstacles to the altar. I don't want to be in the shadows. I want to live in the light. You can go out after this. You can eat whatever you want. I don't care if you're vegan, vegetarian, carnivore, herbivore. But as long as you get some of the bread of life today. This altar is open right now. I'm going to invite some people. If you, if you haven't made up your decision to come up to the altar, make right where you are an altar in the name of Jesus. Bow your head, close your eyes, begin to pray. Amen. And say, Lord, don't let me slip into darkness. God, don't let me slip back into the ways that I used to walk in. Oh.
as we begin to sing this afternoon, let's begin to cry out to Jesus. Begin to pray for your family members who live in that gray zone. Amen. Who begin to pray for your pray for your coworkers. Amen. Who are who are caught up in conspiracies. Amen. I'm telling you. Let's begin to love him right now. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. If you've never received the Holy Ghost by the initial evidence of speaking in other tongues, today is your day. Today is your day. Amen. Hallelujah. The Holy Ghost can change you. The Holy Ghost can free you. It can release you. It can give you liberty in Jesus' name. Oh, Jesus. Hallelujah. Jesus, Jesus. Hallelujah. Come on, come on. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, somebody lift your voice and say, Jesus, Jesus, the name above every name, the name that causes all of hell to tremble, amen, the name that causes every demon to flee, the name of Jesus, amen, sickness can be healed in Jesus.